time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Welcome to another episode of Re-Engineering Your Finances. Walter Storholt here with Charles Weldy, founder and certified financial planner at CP Weldy Group, serving you in the Delaware and Chester County areas with an office in Chad's Ford, PA on Route 52. We're online at cpweldygroup.com. Charles, great to be with you this week. Enjoying your summer? Uh, Walter, I am. I can't believe it's almost the end of, uh, what, July now? We got another, what, six weeks until uh, mid-September. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Summer goes by fast, doesn't it? Yes, sir. sir. (laughs) Well, this will be a fast-moving episode, I'm sure, as we've got a great topic to dive into today. And honestly, a really big one, an important one. Uh, One that I think if you have maybe not listened to the show before, but you've made it, you know, so far 40 seconds into this one, keep listening. Because if there was one to start with uh, of all the recent episodes we've done, this might just be the one that's going to cover a lot of ground and cover this really important part of your life. And we're talking about the five things you must know about decumulation to retire successfully. You know, so much focus in the financial world, Charles, revolves around accumulating money. And there's all sorts of advice, how-to guides, guardrails that are put in place when it comes to saving and investing, all these vehicles that are given to us that we can utilize to that, uh, to that mission and that goal. But there's a lot less resources out there to help retirees navigate the period of time that comes after retirement. And this is known as decumulation, where you spend down and manage the assets that you've accumulated throughout your life. And so we're going to point out those things that you need to know about decumulation to retire successfully on today's show. At least five things. Charles may throw in a few few additional things. (laughs) Uh, My first observation, Charles, that there is often a lack of support for people in retirement when it comes to like, you know, how to handle all of this stuff. Is that a good assessment? I would say so, Walter. Uh, I might start this out by asking you a question, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, have you ever heard of the money cycle? The money cycle. Maybe it'll ring bells after you tell me about it. Yeah. So the money cycle really has three components. It's accumulation, then preservation, then distribution. And what I find is that most people don't have this preservation piece. It's a biggest mistake. I wonder investors- if we could put the uh, the money cycle to the tune of the, um, what, what is it, the, pre- the precipitation, the, the water cycle? Remember that from school way back in the day? Precipitation, evaporation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that just yeah. bounced into my mind, but we could probably do the same thing. It's the money cycle. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, realistically, most advisors, like not just investors, but most advisors go right from accumulation to distribution. And realistically, if they, you know, really zeroed in on this preservation piece, the uh, decumulation phase of your retirement would be a lot more, you know, digestible, so to speak. Uh, the reason being is that without that preservation piece, when people need to take out money from their investments and their investments happen to be down, they'll never get that money back again because they took it out of an asset that went down in value. If you have that preservation piece, you know, you've actually got you know, a sum of money there to actually, you know, create monthly income, you know, pretty much, you know, month in, month out so that when, not if markets go down, you're taking it out of an asset that didn't go down in value. And realistically, if you get that number right, you know, you'll have a good portion of your investments, perhaps like, you know, invested for growth and you don't have to worry about market, you know, volatility whatsoever. Does that make sense? I think it does make sense. Yeah, there's this uh, very clear lack of support that's out there for folks who are trying to retire. And so we then get into additional problems for there because of that lack of support. People make mistakes or maybe don't realize some of the dangers that their portfolios face. 
one of those I think we can easily identify, Charles, is the fact that there's a fear of spending among many retirees. It's a very real fear. It doesn't sound like something in today's world would make any sense that people are afraid to spend money. All we hear about is how people drive themselves into a, into debt over and over. But those right. who've done a great job saving sometimes have trouble coming out of that mode. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, you know, one of the greatest benefits of a financial advisor, you know, is giving their clients permission to spend their own money. I mean, obviously, people accumulate it most of their life. Now they're in a distribution stage, and it doesn't make sense to be fearful that you're going to run out of money unless obviously you haven't done the proper planning. And proper planning, you know, under my watch, I mean, I'm just using a general rule, but a withdrawal rate of say, you know, four and a half percent, what that means is this, Walter. If someone had a million dollars, four and a half percent of a million dollars is 45,000 a year. If they're in their 60s, you know, mid to late 60s, I'm comfortable having a assumed withdrawal rate of four and a half percent. Once they're spending more than that $45,000 additional per year over and above their social security and pension, then there's a, a you know, reason for, you know, maybe getting the antennas up and really seeing if they're on the right track. And again, just a general rule. But then again, when you're in your 70s, obviously, you know, life expectancy when you're in your 70s might be another 20 years or so. Maybe a 5% assumed withdrawal rate would be reasonable. And in your 80s, maybe a 6%. So as a general rule, uh, you look at your investment balance, you multiply it by 4.5% if you're somewhere in your 60s, maybe 5% if you're in your 70s and 8% if you're in your 80s, or excuse me, 6% if you're in your 80s. And that just gives you a good general idea, like, hey, am I spending enough? Am I overspending? Where am I, you know, in my distribution phase of my retirement? We're talking about these five things you must know about decumulation to retire successfully. One, there's often a lack of support. Two, a fear of spending is real. And three, risks become more numerous when you get to this point in your life. When you go from that transition to accumulating money to decumulation, again, spending that money, all of a sudden you have even more risks that come into play. You would think that things get simpler when you get older and you get rid of work and you, you, know, you get to that stage of life, Charles, but not the case. Yeah, so uh, not long ago, well, not long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, I went to a uh, workshop given by a gentleman by the name of Curtis Cloak. And Curtis Cloak is, you know, basically well known in the industry. He has a advanced income distribution system when you're retired. And what he lists in this income distribution system is 18 different risks that, you know, retirees face when they're spending down their monies. And I'm not going to go through all 18, but what I did is I looked at the 18. I said, you know what? There's three here that if, you know, I call them risk multipliers, because if you take care of these three, in theory, the other 15 disappear. And the three that you really got to take care of, in my humble opinion, Walter, is number one, longevity risk. You got to plan to live 25, 30 years in retirement. And realistically, if you do that and you pass away in year 12, hey, you know what? You're going to run out of air before you run out of money, which is really important. And the second uh, greatest risk, I think, you know, a risk multiplier would be sequence of returns risk. And a lot of people don't know what it is, but a good example would be, hey, you know, if you lost 30% in year one, you made 43% in year two, you know, what is, you know, your, your cumulative return, what's your average return per year, and what's your real return? So let me answer that very quickly. If I lost 30 in year one and made 43 in year two, my cumulative return doing the math would be plus 13. Do you follow that so far? Yep, following. All right. And then, you know, if that's over two years, dividing 13 by two is six and a half percent return per year. That's your average return per year. But your realized return is actually zero. 
And what I mean by that is, hey, if I had 100,000 and I lost 30% in year one, I'm down to 70. I make 43% in year two, I'm back to 100. Even though my cumulative return was 13, my average return was six and a half, my realized return was zero. And when you're in retirement, it's so critical you know, to alleviate that sequence of returns risk. And how that's done, Walter, is like, as we talked about earlier in this podcast, that preservation piece will ensure that as you're taking money out of your accounts during your retirement years, you're taking it out of an asset that cannot go down in value. And then lastly, the third, you know, risk multiplier that will take care of the other, you know, 15, so to speak, is tax risk. I mean, you know, you look at the, you know, the news today, the papers today, it's inevitable that tax rates are going to go up. And, um, you know, a lot of people are looking at their 401ks or IRAs and they see that, you know, I'll just use an example, a million dollar balance. Well, in the real world, it's not all theirs. They have a partner in Uncle Sam, and he's going to be taking a portion of that as they you know, uh, deplete that account over time. So uh, again, just to look at risk, if you look at longevity risk and solve for that, if you solve for sequence of return risk, and you, you, you take, don't take your eyes off a tax rate risk, uh, I think your retirement is going to be a lot more smoother as opposed to just like, you know, trying to deal with all 18 and not knowing like, you know, what's coming and what's going. Uh, risks becoming more numerous. Got to be aware of that so that you can figure out how to uh, you know navigate through them and not fall victim to them. Uh, I think that's so important. Uh, another one here, Charles, focusing on tax consequences has never been more important. I feel like, I don't know, most of our lives, taxes are taxes. You know, it gets taken out of our uh, our paychecks and we move on and it's just, we complain about them, but taxes are taxes. But when we get to the decumulation side, we get some more control over like how we can, um, you know, utilize taxes maybe to our advantage or lessen them. And I don't know, it just becomes more important to pay attention to them, right? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, just to summarize, there's only three types of accounts. There's pre-tax where, hey, you're putting your money in there and it's growing tax deferred. And when you take it out, you're going to get taxed on the whole kit and caboodle. And most people have the bulk of their money in these pre-tax accounts, whether they're IRAs, 401ks, what have you. And then there's post-tax. Post-tax really is, um, you know, maybe a brokerage account or money in a bank where, hey, you're just going to pay taxes on the growth of that account. You already funded it with after-tax dollars. And lastly, there's tax advantage or tax-free accounts. It could be a Roth IRA. It could be life insurance. And as you take the money out of that account, it's tax-free. Why? Because you put in after-tax dollars and you're taking out tax-free dollars. So the point I want to make is that, you know, when people do plans, you know, and you know, Walter, from previous podcasts, I'm a big advocate of the bucket plan where you have three types of money, now money, soon money, later money. What we do when we get involved with the tax aspect of retirement planning, it's like a game of tic-tac-toe. Yeah, horizontally, we have now, soon and later monies. You know, we're actually like divvying our monies up according to when we're going to spend it. But vertically, on the left-hand side, we have pre-tax, post-tax, and tax advantage. So if we take those nine boxes and we strategically put people's assets in those nine boxes to give them the income that they need, you know, uh, and also give them that, that income on a tax efficient basis, I think we've done our job very well. And we've actually helped people uh, maybe have their money last a little bit longer with less taxation. All right. We're working through some good ones here, Charles. And up next, last but not least, Fifth thing that you need to know about decumulation to retire successfully is learning how to leverage your lifetime income is ultimately what it's all about. 
I think so. I mean, you know, if we look at rates of return historically, real rates of return, um, I think fixed income has done three after inflation and stocks have done seven after inflation. And, you know, that begs the question, why don't people have all their money in stocks? Well, the reason why they don't is because of the volatility. And uh, the reality of it is they have to have some monies in this preservation piece, this soon bucket. And generally speaking, it is fixed income. So, um, you know, the only, I guess, uh, open question I have when people want to create lifetime income is, hey, do you want to make this guaranteed and certain or do you want to not make it uh, guaranteed and somewhat uncertain? And there's no right or wrong answer. I think historically what people do is, hey, you know what? I like to have one third of my income needs guaranteed. So then we'll work the plan, you know, uh, and, and phase that in. Where someone might say, you know what? I want half it guaranteed. Or someone might say, I want none of it guaranteed. But the point is that there's definitely opportunities out there today to leverage your assets to create uh, lifetime income. And, you know, as a general rule, everyone's different. You know, some people that have pensions, hey, they already have, you know, some guaranteed lifetime income. But, you know, most people do not have pensions today. And there's an opportunity during, you know, the planning process to ask them, hey, you know, your, here's your income gap, X amount of dollars a month. How much of that would you want guaranteed? And how much do you not want guaranteed? And that really you know, is a great way of planning because it's not the advisor telling the client, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. It's really like, you know, maybe co-creating a plan based upon the client's hopes, wishes, and dreams. Well, this has been very helpful, Charles, and I think it's a lot to absorb, but hopefully it gives people a lot to think about as well. And if this raises any questions for you, or you don't have answers to some of the things that we've brought up and discussed on the show today, please reach out to Charles and uh, talk to him about the questions that you have. You can even set up time for a complimentary initial review of your financial plan, discover what that looks like and where you need to go in the future. The number to call is 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705. And you can go online to cpweldygroup.com, and we'll stick that contact information in the description of today's show to help you out as well. Charles, thank you so much for the help, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again on the next episode. Thank you, Walter. There you have it. Five things you must know about decumulation to retire successfully. We'll have another good show on tap for you in a couple of weeks. Until then, thanks for joining us on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.